11 games in the NBA. Let's go through them all. Look at the performances we need to take note of. Who was good, who was bad. Waiver wire trends, news. It's all happening. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I'm serving looks, no cap, high vibes, low key, chill. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and TikTok at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account. And use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen or first watch every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Join me and be a double banger. Watch the video. Download the audio. Do them both. And if you are here on video, subscribe, thumbs up, comments. All of that is always greatly appreciated. We've got 11 games on, so I'm probably going to waffle unnecessarily at times, so we might as well just get into as much as we can straight away before I get unnecessarily sidetracked. First bit of news, Ja Moran is back tomorrow. You would have seen that if you had have watched the show that I did, which was the um, Look Ahead show, Daily Look Ahead for Tuesday, because his bloody head was up on the thumbnail. Ja is back tomorrow. Marcus Smart will not be back tomorrow, and they did officially wave um, Snack Randolph, Kenny Lofton Jr. He's gone, he's out, he's done, he's finished. I don't think another team will sign him. I don't think so. Um, Celtics confusion, right? They've got a Tuesday-Wednesday back-to-back. They're the only team with a Tuesday-Wednesday back-to-back. We, we expect that Al Horford is going to sit the game on Wednesday. But then today, Christos Porzingis popped up on the injury report as questionable for Tuesday. So, I would say that that is closer to doubtful. And as he comes back from his calf injury, that he will sit on Tuesday and Horford will sit on Wednesday. Last time they sat them both together and they had to start Lamar Stevens. Um, at uh, at center didn't go that well. Luke Cornett is already out, so I I think that Porzingis will sit tomorrow, and I think that Horford will sit on Wednesday, and then you get that little bump for K Day, you get a bump for Slam and Sammy Hauser across the two games as well. That's not confirmed. Porzingis is only listed as questionable at this point, and he's like, oh, we're just talking through our management plan. I feel like he is going to sit. Normally, a doubt doubtful a doubtful tag officially means twenty five percent chance of playing. It's more like a seven percent chance of playing. I think pausing this as questionable tag is actually closer to that 25% chance of playing. So I don't think KP plays on Tuesday and then he comes back on Wednesday. Horford plays Tuesday and sits on Wednesday, which if you're looking for a stream of Al Horford, that opens up a ton of possibilities for Tuesday, giving him a big, big role and increased minutes with only four games on. After I recorded the Daily Look Ahead show, the news came through that Victor Weminyama is out for ankle soreness. Just as I went through and talking about how, hey, I don't, think we need to be holding Zach Collins. No point holding him unless there's a, an injury. He's a backup. We don't need to worry about. Well, there is an injury. It's not serious. Weminyama's going to sit Tuesday. He's going to be back and play on Thursday. But as a one-day stream for big Zach Collins, you go ahead and do that. At least two more weeks for Brad Beal. That's not surprising. When we did the injury show earlier today, um, had him out until the early parts of January, which is in line with this timetable. And then Marcus Smart, which I should have probably put up there next to John Morant, he could be back on Thursday, if not Saturday, but a return this week is coming. So that Grizzlies rotation, which we're going to talk about later today, is going to be uh, mixed up quite a bit. And that is one of the more frustrating rotations in the NBA. 
let's look at some waiver wire trends before we start to get into these 11 games. First off, we need to look at the most added players over the last 24 hours. The number one most added player was Jim Wiseman, up 23%. Isaiah Stewart was out. Him and Bagley split the minutes. I guess it was an okay ad. I don't think there's any long-term value in it, but that's where we're at. Paddy Williams up 12%. Yeah, look, he's going to be annoying. We know this, but he was all right. Like, that's fine to add. And then Kelly Linick up 11%. Well, he went back to the bench today. That game hasn't finished at the time we're recording this portion of the show, so we can talk about that later on. Norman Powell is always a pretty good stream for points. He delivered again today. You don't want to hold him in through everything, but he's always a good stream option. Kevin Love shifted down from or moved from backup center back to starting power for today. And we've got still a lot more questions about that heat rotation. I don't think that he needs to be held, but he was all right today. And then the last one is Isaiah Jackson, who um, is obviously a must roster player until Miles Turner comes back, which literally might be next game, but we don't know. But I'm no problem with those people adding Jackson and seeing which direction this goes. Two of the most dropped players are the two Warriors centers. Number one is Dario Saric, down 15%. Number two is Kevon Looney, down 13%. Looney absolutely is not a 12-10 league guy. You can 100% jack. What do you think? Get that cabbage out of here! As for Saric, borderline. There's four games tomorrow the Warriors play. Probably a hold. But this is likely on the back of how well Trace Jackson Davis played in their last game. I don't know that Jackson Davis is going to have a significant role on Tuesday. But I'm telling you now, if he does, I'm adding him. And people are moving on from these guys, understandably. Slam and Sammy Hauser down 12%. You can restream him back in for Tuesday. Zach Collins down 10 You restream him back for Tuesday. Josh the Hitman Hart. That's the right decision to move on from him. He's just not worth a must-roster status. And Cole Anthony's role is decreasing at the moment. And I think in a lot of spots, you can move on. You don't have to. But in a lot of different situations, you absolutely can um, make that decision to move on from Cole Anthony. Today's episode is brought to you by our partners over at eBay Motors. They've teamed up with me on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week. Whether it is the waiver wire or daily fantasy stuff, whatever it is, we're here to give you players a guaranteed that are guaranteed fit on your roster. So who are we going to look at today? I'm going to go with Bradley... Oh, not Bradley Beal. I'm going to go with the guy replacing Bradley Beal, Grayson Allen. He is listed probable for tomorrow's game, but with two quality games left this week for the Suns, Beal out until the new year... Allen is going to be worth grabbing in basically all 12-team leagues, and he's available everywhere. He will have iffy nights for sure, but he shoots well, he scores, occasional assists and steals, and it's just a really strong role and a pretty good schedule as well, making Grayson Allen someone who, I can't believe I'm saying this, could be a championship fit or a perfect fit on a championship team. That sounds disgusting because it's Grayson Allen, but that's where we're at in fantasy at the moment. So, Grayson Allen might be that guy to help you get those few extra wins over the next couple of weeks, being a perfect fit, and it's the same as being uh, getting a perfect fit on your vehicle, which is what eBay Motors gives you. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever it is that your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus... At these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to US customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. Okay, let us, well, let, let's go in now. Let's, let's do the games. That's where we're up to at the moment. Of course it is. The first game was an absolute smacking. We know that when teams play the paces, they can, uh, it's a pace up game. Hence their name. Well, not really, hence their name. Coincidentally, their name, more, more to the point. And 
We saw a big, big line or a big performance from the Clippers. 151 to the Clippers, 127 to the Pacers. What about Jim Harden? He only played 28 minutes, but he had 35 points. He hit eight threes, nine assists, a steal and a block. You are not going to believe this, but over the last two weeks, he's the seventh ranked player per game. For the season, he is top 20. And when the trade went down, when I went through and did the projections, he came out of about 25th, I think, in that. Then he started out pretty slowly. He is humming. They are finding their groove. And honestly, after such a terrible start, they look really dangerous. And I don't know. It is always touch wood with this team, but he's cooking at the moment, Harden. And yeah, like you'd be pretty happy if he slid to you. And we understand why he slid, but that is turning up some good value. Paulie George had 27-3-4, Kawhi. Just a casual 28 in 27 minutes. Not much else there. One of his worst games. He's actually... This is what they are. Over the last two weeks, Harden 7th, Kawhi 5th, Paul George 21st. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Zubats just dropped an 18 and 16 with three blocks. While I'm going to... I am... I told you. Until I can work out ways to get other sound drops back in, I'm going to overwork Jack. Get that garbage out of here. Thanks, Jack. But I should have said the name first because it's Russell Westbrook. Get that garbage out of here. Yeah. 10, 4, and 5 is totally okay. Like, it's not bad. A steal on a block, not too bad. But this guy won't play 20 minutes unless there is significant situations happening ahead of him. And it's just burning the ass out of a roster spot. You don't need him. Even in, even in a points league, I'm not sure I would bother in a 12. Maybe I'd hold in a 12 points league. 10 points league, jack off for sure. 12-team category, no way. And his roster percentage is coming down. Not quick enough for my liking. Storm and Norman Powell dropped in 19 with four threes in 30 minutes. He is very empty in what he does. He didn't have any assist steals or blocks. But for points and threes, always going to be an option for us to stream in. For the paces, let's talk the bad first because eh, Halliburton's struggling. He played 31 minutes, 8 points on 25%, 1 of 2 from the line, no steals, no blocks, 11 assists. Now, a couple of things. I'm not going to say who the guy's name was that tweeted at me. Go, man, can you talk about Halliburton? He's been like, what do you say? He's really disappointing, he said. He's been really, really struggling. Went, He's the sixth... Um, He's the sixth overall player this season. Like, let's calm down a little bit on that, right? But what he was really focusing in on was the fact that his steals had gone from like 1.7 a game down to 0.9. And this again is just another entry into the data book of the steals of the most variable category year on year, week on week, game on game on games actually blocks, but um, steals are right next to it. And when you base your fantasy value on someone's steals, it does not work out. You cannot do it. It just does not work. Shout out to OG Ananobi. Steals are unbelievably variable. And if you're going to be a team that is going to look to win steals every week, you need to be so much better than every other team to feel confident in that. And this is just... A, now, Halliburton's great. Like, he's still being awesome. It's a, it's a downturn here. But those steal numbers, this is... I have done this research and this data, and that's what I spent my whole offseason doing. And I hope it brings something to the fantasy community, all of this sort of research and correlation stuff that I do. That's the point of it to make us all better at what we do when we play. But you just can't rely on this shit. Like it just, there's too much variability to suggest that someone is going to average 1.7, 1.6, 1.7, 1.7, It just changes all the time. Now he'll probably have a run where he has two steals a game, but this is what goes on. Um, but is it a buy low crack opening? I doubt it. He's 33rd over the last two weeks, but you never know. That's Tyrese. There was no Miles Turner. As I said, Isaiah Jackson started, played 25 minutes, 15, 4, and 2 with a block. Great. We just use him until Turner comes back. Turner's got bilateral hamstring soreness. 
not a strain, or not reported as a strain. It's both of his hamstrings. He's just a little bit tight. Cool. I don't think it's a long-term thing. Um, Obi Toppin, 30 minutes with the absence of Turner. He played a little bit more at center. 14, four assists, two blocks. Great game from Toppin. Don't care. Not rostering him in 12s. And Bud Heald was a little bit better, 14 with three threes. But we do need to talk about talk about Humpty Dumpty, Benedict Matherin. 35 minutes, 34 points, six rebounds, three threes, 60% shooting, 20 attempts. That is just gigantic usage for him. Um, it's a lot of shot attempts. I, I just, I can't get behind it. I can understand adding him because that is two big games out of the last couple of weeks, but a lot of stinkers in there as well. And picking when the good one happens, well, good luck. You can't do that. This is strong, but I'm still not overwhelmed enough to go and add in 12 team leagues. 14, sure. You can definitely stream TJ McConnell, who played only 20 minutes, but had 10, 5, and 8 with a steal. One of the best permanent producers for fantasy that exists. And I think that's about it. Oh, yeah, Bruce Brown, just 20 minutes. If you are in a points league, if you're in a 10-team category league, Bruce... Get that garbage out of here. I don't think you need to hold him. He's not doing anything that's good at the moment. 141st for the season. I do think that, again, in 12, you probably want to hold, but who's on your wire? Like, that's a really good question. Because if it's someone that's okay, then maybe. Maybe you consider moving on from the Shark. It has not been a particularly strong go at things. The next game was the Houston Rockets. This is an overtime game. It's the Houston Rockets going um, against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs win at 135 to 130, the final score. For the Rockets, where Yudoka's Yudokering a little bit here, and he's mixing and matching things a lot. So when you look at this box score, you'll be able to, oh, okay, what's going on? A couple of things to note. Jabari Smith played 23 minutes only. He did have four fouls. He had five and seven. Bad game from Jabari. He had, that's foul trouble the last two games from him. Alperen Sengun, 31 minutes in an overtime game is not ideal. He had two fouls in the first two minutes, and I think he played like nine minutes total in the first half, something along those lines. He still ended with 24, eight, and six. So I think we're okay there. We're definitely okay with Fred Van Vliet. 27, eight, and 17. Four threes, two steals, one block. He's rolling now. So if you took that third round pick on him, late second, I think you're going to be feeling pretty good about things. Better game from Jalen Green. First time in the last five that he topped 30 minutes. 12, 6, and 3. 17% shooting shithouse, obviously. But he did have a steal and two blocks. And that's the way that these sort of fluky players can buoy their value. Now, he doesn't do it enough. And I I do think that you're fine to drop him in 10-team cats. And in 12s, I'm okay with it. But the minutes are encouraging. And then Dylan Brooks had 16 in 38 minutes, which is fine, but he's more of a stream guy. But let's talk um, Tari this season because Eason played 33 minutes. I think he played like nine or 10 minutes in the first half only and then went crazy. 14 and eight, four steals, one block, 39% shooting is rough. 80% from the line just keeps finding a way to get minutes. He is, over the last two weeks, the 85th ranked player and 53rd over his last five games. All we needed from him was a path to minutes. It keeps coming in weird ways, like 23 minutes for Jabari Smith, um, you know, 24 minutes for Jalen Green in some games. But is that just what they're going to do? I guess they may, maybe they are. We all recognize how good Eason is. It was about finding the minutes, and Udoka is just benching guys. So that makes it really interesting for Tari. Got to grab him. For the Cavs, no um, Darius Garland, obviously. The Koala Evan Mobley was out. So they went with that same lineup with Okoro and Wade starting. Okoro was fine. 11, 7, and 6. That's not a bad, like it's a 14-team league sort of a line. While Dean Wade only played 22 minutes, but like 12 points, two threes, two blocks. That's good. Wade has been horrible from a permanent perspective this season, so I'm not going to get too excited. But in saying that, over the last two weeks, Wadey in 21 minutes is 123rd. 
That's at least 14-team worthy. What about Dracaris Levert? 27 minutes for Levert. 12-7-5, and five, two steals. Bad percentages, it's what he does. People are going to be ready to drop him. Don't. Chris Fedor, one of the best Cavs reporters out there, said that Levert was on a minutes restriction. That's why he didn't play in overtime. Now, I did tweet at um, Chris. I'm not sure if he's responded. Maybe maybe I'm going to have a look to see whether Chris actually responded to me. Because there's something I need to talk about with that one. All right, so he hasn't responded. So, but what he said was that Levert didn't start overtime because of a minutes limit. And I said to him, I go, okay, that's cool. But Chris, can you confirm this? He played 35 minutes on Thursday. Hasn't missed a game since then. So what's the minutes limit about? Are the Cavs lying? Did something happen to his knee? Or did he just get benched because Sam Merrill played well? And I don't know. I don't know the answer because Chris didn't respond. But take that for what it's worth. That's what they said about Levert. And sort of adds up, but also doesn't. But that does bring us on to Sammy Merrill. 24 minutes, 19, 4, and 3. One steal, one block, five threes. That's honestly an amazing game. He is a deep three-point bomber. What is it? What was his three-point percentage? 50%, 5 of 10. That's amazing. There is very clearly a role available here. I would be... Hmm, what do we do here with Merrill? We don't add him in 12-team leagues, absolutely. But he's on our radar. Remember the name, Sam Merrill. He, he, the Bucks drafted him, I'm pretty sure, like with a late second-round pick a couple years ago. He is a shooter. Keep him, just the name, in your memory. If I'm in a 20-team league... An 18-team league, I'm probably having a crack. Others, I'm just going to monitor it. But he got minutes while Craig Porter played nine. Obviously, we do not roster Craig in 12-team leagues. He could consider 14, but I don't think so anymore. And Merrill was great. Max Struess wasn't great, but he did salvage the line a little bit. 17 points in 34 minutes for the Winter Soldier. He hit three threes, no defensive stats. And part of the reason we were so surprised about Struess to begin this season was he started doing these things. Oh, I've never seen him rebound or block shots or get assists or get steals before. He'd never done any of it. And he started doing it. And now he's not. He's back outside the top 100 for the season. He is 208th over the last two weeks. The minutes are there, but it's all turning back into Miami Struess. And... I'm not saying that we drop him yet, but hmm, we're getting there. We're getting closer because we have got four years of seeing Struess or three years of seeing Struess not do any of this stuff. And we saw 15 games of him doing it. And then if you do 15 games and then revert back to what you've done for the past 150, I'll go more towards the 150. I'm not dropping Struess. The minutes are fine. The role is there, but it is fading off quite, quite considerably, quite considerably. Um, yeah, we it's, we have to monitor it. Absolutely. Georgie Yang, 25 minutes, 10 points. That's just a deep league thing. While good old Tristan Thompson had one of eight from the line. That is a deep league ad while the koala is out. Oh, speaking of uh, the koala being out, Jared Allen, shithouse. 10 and six, two blocks, bad from the line, bad from the field. His season, has, I was down on him. Said, oh, I'm not really convinced. I think they'll play Mobley at center. They could trade Allen. I'm definitely not picking him around the 40s, 50s. I had him like in the 70s maybe. And he's worse. He's worse than that. He's struggling at the moment. I still think there's a little bit of a buy low in it, but um, it's not going particularly well for Jarrett Allen. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. You shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets for your next event. You shouldn't have to be focused on, hmm, how much are these idiots going to charge me? Because Game Time doesn't do that. They just tell you the price straight up front. All in pricing, that's one of their things. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets. That's one of their things as well. You don't have to guess the price. You don't have to guess what the view is from your seat because they've got that too. 
Game time is the perfect spot to buy tickets for your next event. Sports, musicals, comedies, theaters. Theaters? No, just theater. Whichever one of those it is that you want to go and see, game time's going to have it. Flash deals. Bang. They throw it on your phone. Hey, something's going on tonight, my guy. Go check it out. And you go, thanks, game time. I'll do that. And with your great all-in pricing and your views from your seat, I know that I'm not going to be disappointed with my experience. So go to um, the de- uh, download the game time app. The website is actually, if, you want to, if you're not on the app, you should go to gametime.co. That's where their website is if you're dealing with a desktop. But get the GameTime app, go download it, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. So, terms apply. Again, create an account, use the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Oh boy, we are running very slowly. I think some of these games won't have a huge amount to talk about, but let's look at the next one because my Chicago Bulls, we get the win. We beat the Sixers 108-104. See, Philadelphia, you're a bunch of frauds. When you don't play the Pistons five times in a week, you can't even beat a real good team. 108 Chicago, 104 Philadelphia. My man, Kobe White, played 40 minutes. These minutes, man, oh my God, they are pumping them in. 24-8-9 and a block, 53% shooting. He is Going to fall back, I guarantee you. But the good thing here is, like, he did this and shot only 33% from three. 53 overall is obviously awesome, and he is dominating. He is 16th over the last two weeks. He's up to 71st for the season. I think he is very comfortably a top 100 guy rest of season. Uh, but this level, I would only sell him for a top 20 guy. Um, Levine coming back, if he comes back, will have some sort of an impact. But at this point, it's getting to the stage of, all right, where are okay actually building our team around Kobe White. That's what it feels like. It's moving away from being a hot streak into like, oh, this guy is all right. And he quietly, at the end of last season, did a lot of this too. It's partly why I was excited about drafting him later. Go, oh, they're going to start him. He was great down the stretch for this squad last season. And it was definitely under the radar. Very interesting. Very good game from Vooch, 23-8 and forward two blocks. His efficiency had been bad, but it was great here. 56%. Um, the two blocks were a nice bonus. Of course, he DeAndre and his way to zero free throws. While, ah, uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, that's the wrong thing. You're going to get a spoiler alert of the, of the of the wrong game. Quickly change it. There you go. Um, DeMar Rosen. What's going on with this guy? Four steals is nice. A block is nice. But he continues to be horribly inefficient. 33 from the field. He's under 50% from two. This is what he used to make his money on, having this insane two-point percentage on mid-rangers. He can't do it anymore. And 87 from the line, can't do that either. 83 is good. It's not 87. His numbers just continue to be down across the board. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much better he gets. I'm not sure how much of a buy-low he is. Alex Caruso played off the bench and somehow got 31 minutes without going to the locker room, and he's just good. 10-4-4, one steal, two blocks. I guess I guess I'm back in. I don't know. I add him and then drop him. I, I know he's good. I just can't trust him to stay out there. Pat Williams played 37 minutes, 13-6 and six with three threes and a block. That is 100% underwhelming. But it's also okay. Like six rebounds, three threes, a block. He's doing a couple of little things. And over the last two weeks, he's 108th. Fine. Have him. Go for it. Desumu, 4 and 4 in 19 minutes. That is the sort of player that he is. He is not a very good player. And that is why his minutes got cut. And I expect that Caruso will start next game. 
For the Sixers, Embiid just dropped 40 and 14, six assists and two steals with elite percentages, while Maxi's percentages weren't elite. Well, they were from the line, 100%, but 39 from the field, 29, 5 and 8 with five threes. Maxi has now dropped now to 23rd ranked player. Remember, he was running as a top 10 guy for a while. And we had 29 minutes from DeAnthony Melton. Only six points, but he only took five shots. Four rebounds, two assists, three steals, one block. This is why we value DeAnthony Melton in fantasy, just contributing across the board. And this is the first time we really got to see the Sixers in a competitive game in weeks. And Kelly Oubre played 24 minutes and had six points. He was horrible with his shooting, 20%, but the Kelly Oubre experience is this. If you aren't getting a lot of minutes and a lot of usage, shooting an abnormal 50-plus percent from the field, then you're useless. And he's not getting minutes. He took a lot of shots, but they didn't go in. And what do you offer a steal? I, yeah, I, I think we should ask Jack. Get that garbage out of here. I wouldn't bother holding him in 12-team leagues. I, I just, there's just too much uncertainty around his role and the production, and he's just not that good of a fantasy player. The thick hogsman, Toby Harris. Whoa, this is a, whoa, he had three blocks, so that helps, but Jesus Christ, three points on three shots in 32 minutes. He started out the season like really strong and stinks at the moment. I wouldn't be too panicky, but it's not a good little run here from him. While Nick Batum had some hamstring tightness, so he wasn't able to close out the game 3-4-3. and I guess if Batum is out, I don't think he will, but if he is, then Ubre would probably go in there and then some value does get restored. You saw the spoiler before of Minnesota and Miami, but let's do it now. Um, the Wolves beat the Heat 112-108. Goose played 40 minutes on his sore hip, 32-8-5, three steals, two blocks, two threes. An amazing game. Um, great from the field, great from the line. We, we love all of that. Well, Gobert, only the nine points, which would have been much better had he not shot 38%. But 16 boards, and then Richie Benoit's way to two assists, two steals, and two blocks. Townsy, 32 minutes. Townsy had been playing pretty well. Bit of a drop back here, 18-8. and eight with 1-3, and Nazareth also fell away. 15 points on 39%. He did have a triple one still with the Wizard of Noz. You can hold on to Reed at the moment. I'm not sure it lasts long term. You definitely don't need to hold Kyle Anderson, and Troy Brown played only five minutes. We got 30 minutes of Jaden McDaniels, though, so I guess that's part of the reason that Nas dropped down to only 21. McDaniels had 10-5. and five. The three blocks are nice, but absolutely not a must-roster 12-team league player. Can you have him? Sure, go ahead, do it, whatever. But he's not a must under any circumstance. Well, Conley had 12-1-6 with 80% shooting. Sick. On to the Heat. We got some questions answered, but not all of them because Kyle Lowry didn't play. But what we did get is Tyler Hero returning. 33 minutes, 25 points and two steals. Great stuff from Hero. We got Bam Adebayo returning, 22-6-6. Six six, but unfortunately, both of his percentages sucked. 46 from the field and two or three from the line. But they're both back, both playing big minutes. They slid Kevin Martin. No, that's not his name. They slid Caleb Martin to the three and Kevin Love started at the four. Love played 24 minutes, nine and 10 with three threes. That's good. He'd been really good. I'm not thinking of a 12-team guy. And I am more than okay. We wanted to see what happened with Caleb Martin. Jack him. Two points, 22 minutes. Um, there's, there was going to be a squeeze. We knew this. And it's going to get even squishier when Lowry comes back and plays his 24 or 25. So 22 minutes of Caleb Martin, squish it out. Jimmy Butler, yeah, look, I know he's not washed, but it's been really bad. For where you would have invested or what you expected, like 15, 5, and 5, subpar free throws and field goals, another bad night. Another one. Um, self Done sound drop. What should we talk about here? Duncan Robinson moved to the bench and played 22 minutes. The squish. 14, 5, and 3 with four threes. That looks good. I wouldn't bother holding. And then we go to Jaime Jaquez because 
He played 30 minutes still. That's great. He had eight points. That's not. Two steals and two blocks is good. 38% shooting is bad. Frozen yogurt is good. Cursed frozen yogurt is bad. <laughs> anyway, I've lost my mind. I do not believe you need to roster Jaime Jaquez. I just can't see in him as a bench player playing 30 every night, being a must-roster guy. I don't see how it happens. 14-team league, sure. But again, I'm probably in the minority. There are people who legitimately think that he's third in Rookie of the Year for this season. I think he's maybe sixth or fifth. Um, I just, I don't, and again, always understand that. I'm looking, I go, ah, ah, he's fine. Especially for fans. Look, he's been pretty good. Definitely way better than I expected. I just don't see how it all works. We've got 26 Josh Richardson minutes as well. 12 Hayward Highsmith minutes, which is probably going to go away. But, like, are they going to eliminate Duncan Robinson's role to get Lowry back in? Like, where do the minutes come from? That's part of my worry here with Huckers, is if he's a 26-minute guy, there's no way that's a 12-team player. We'll find out. Again, we've got more data points. We eliminated Caleb Martin. We probably dropped Duncan Robinson. And I guess you can hold Huckers one more and see where it goes. I just don't, I don't see it being able to um, hold. The Charlotte Hornets and the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors win 114-99. The Hornets were without Mark Williams. Doubtful. LaMelo Ball. Who knows? Gordon Haywood out, and then Miles Bridges was um, detained by Border Force for his um, criminal record. I've been in discussions with people, arguments with people saying this is ridiculous. Um, he hasn't even been charged yet. Like, he has and convicted. So I don't know what these people think happened. I think there's maybe some misinformation that people think that we are. Oh, you got to hear both sides. No, no, the court did that. And he said, yeah, like, I'm not going to contest this. I'm guilty. And then they said, right, it's on your record. Felony, domestic violence. Suspended sentence, probation, community service, it's all there. That happened already. But people don't, like, there are people who still think that, oh, no, it's still up in the air, haven't had the, the, it's happened. It's done. There's still more shit coming later, but that's why he wasn't allowed in, because he has a domestic violence felony on his criminal record. He'll be back next game. I think next time they play in Toronto, he'll actually get a waiver and be allowed to play as well. Terry Rogier, the miracle on whatever this is, continues. 22-3 and 7, three steals, a block, continues to be ridiculous. Continues to be a sell high. Well, Paul Washington played 39 minutes. No Mark Williams, no Bridges. He had 15, 7, and 5, four steals. Of course, he shot 31%. Probably the worst shooting big man in the NBA. I think he should be rostered, but once they get healthy or guys back, he probably doesn't need to be. And Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller's had a lot of opportunities this season. He's playing good minutes, 37 of them here, but he's really not moving the fantasy needle. 14 and 3, no threes, no assists, no steals. 38 from the field. He's 169th for the season. He's 154th over the last two weeks. If I'm in a 10-team league, I'm not even bothering with him. And he's not going to remain a 12-team league guy rest of season, I don't think. Like at the moment, he's not even a 12-team league player. I probably still would hold him because the role is strong, but that's really about it. The original Leaky, Leaky Black played 11 minutes for four points. And Big Dick Nick, 10 and 10, 32 minutes, reasonable. Not great, reasonable. We keep going with him though because who knows when Mark Williams returns. It could be never. Scott Barnes played 39 minutes for the Raptors, 22, 17 rebounds, and seven assists with three blocks, seven of seven from the line. Just a superlative game from Barnes. He really, really good. He had that hot start, fell away, um, great here, and turning on some really, really strong numbers. Love that for him. And ha- more than happy to have been wrong on him. Um, I always want everyone to be good, apart from shiplokes, and he's not one of them. So well done, Barnesy. Siakam, 27, 8, and 8 on 69%. Good for him. Didn't hit a three, though, but was great from the line. And this is how you know that we're getting close to like the apocalypse. Gary Trent had a double-double. 
22 and 10 for Gaz Trent. I, I, I had to go make sure my car was locked. Um, I had to go like, you know, whatever, kiss the dog on the head. So who knows what's going to happen now? Because that's like, that's impending doom, surely. 35 minutes for Trenner as well. I'm not adding him because they went really small in this one as the Hornets did too. And that meant Jakob Pertl played 15 minutes. Now, there are a lot of people disappointed in Jakob Pertl for this season. Okay. He's ranked 86th. I'm not re- And that's without including minus one and a punt of free throws. I'm not really sure what else you wanted. Honestly, like, yes, the last little stretch of games has not been particularly strong, but I reckon he's been fine. Four points is shithouse in 15 minutes, but it's a bad game. I th- he's fine. Do not drop him. But we've got to have a discussion about the Jedi because that has been just an ongoing stink fest for Ananobi. Five points, 20% shooting, two rebounds, one steal. We talked about the lack of steals and them carrying over. Yeah, they're not yet. They just don't exist. And his usage hasn't changed and he can't shoot anymore. We are not at a spot where he's going to be dropped. But I'll be honest with you, we're not getting far away. I will persist with OG because I love him. I think he's a really, really good player and he's an underrated fantasy guy at times. In other places, he gets significantly overrated by the... Um, I've got to think of a good good term for him. What's the, uh, we talk about Danish backhands, or I do. You listen and you say, what's a Danish backhand? And then you look it up and you figure it out. Um, and then we know that the Danishes are a type of breakfast pastry and so are apple turnovers. And the people who love turnovers in fantasy, I'm trying to workshop this at the moment. What can we call them? Anyway... Turnover wankers? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm spinning out. Anyway, Ananobi, overrated at times, underrated at other times. Hold him for now, and let's hope he turns his shit around. The next game up, it is my Detroit Pistons suffering their 24th consecutive loss against the Atlanta Hawks, 130-124. This piss-poor franchise is not even going to make a move to fire Troy Weaver. They are three years late on it. They're not going to do it. They deserve as many fingers up that they can get. One, two, bang. Up yours. But, Kate Cunningham, 44 minutes in a 48-minute game is a lot. 43, 5 and 7, 3 steals, 1 block, 67%, 8 of 9 from the line, 3 threes. It's going to go real close to Monster's line of the night. That is an absolute huge one from Kate. Huge. I think he's actually, from a fantasy perspective, he's been fine this season. Real life, at times, he's annoying. He can be lazy. His defense sucks. And he hasn't elevated as much as I wanted him to. But I still think he's been pretty good. Boyan had 25 in 39 minutes with five threes. Not much else going on, but that's pretty typical. And then I don't know what to do. Because what do we do with Asar Thompson, who played 19 minutes? He had eight rebounds and three assists with a steal. Now, there is obviously a lot of frustration here about um, Asar Thompson, like very clearly. There's a ton of frustration about his minutes and how well he was playing. He was playing well to start the season. I'm not going to sit here and deny that. He was playing well. But at times, there can be some, like, I don't know, like, he's this real winning player and they're limiting him because they want to lose games. His, like, advanced stats, his on-off stuff was all massively negative. He actually wasn't a winning player at all. And he's a rookie who can't shoot. Having him on the court actually makes them lose more. I'm I'm not saying they shouldn't play him, but them holding him back is not this great conspiracy to make them lose more, I don't think. He is, at this point, like nearly every rookie, not a winning player. I don't think that we can hold waiting for this to turn around. There's just too much uncertainty with it. I, I don't think we need to bother. Same with Jaden Ivey, who had nice game, but 15-8-4, and four, 
No, a triple zero, bad percentages. Got the start because Killian Hayes was out. Does he hold the start? I don't know. I think in 10s, we jack him. I think in 12s, we probably do too. Get that garbage out of here. Although I wouldn't be adverse to holding him. Marcus Sasser had five points in 21 minutes. I, I'm not I'm not really sure of the point of Sasser, honestly. Like, whatever, fine. And then the centers, Wiseman, 10 and 7. Cool. Bagley, 17 and 1. That is, that's like Jordan Clarkson in a big body. 17 points in 23 minutes with one rebound and nothing else. I don't care for either of those guys, as you're probably well aware. The, the Bagley brothers, you can definitely stream them while Stewart is out, and that is it. Not, no long-term value there. Ah, uh, the Pistons. For the Hawks, they were without Bogdan Bogdanovich and obviously Jalen Johnson. Anyekra Kongwu moved to the bench, and he only crossed over with Kapala for, what was it, um, three minutes. He had 14 points, two rebounds, a block, 83 and 100 from the field and the line. Part of the reason why fantasy analysts love him is because a lot of the damage he does is in the categories that don't get the, the buzz. He's a big man who has very good field goals, very good free throws and block shots. And that goes under the radar. This season, the blocks haven't quite been there, but 14 points with those good numbers, totally reasonable. He should be on a roster. He is 80th over the last five games. And yes, two of those have been starts, but... Johnson's still not back, and he's going to get a solid enough role. Capella played 28 minutes with his bone bruise. Didn't miss a game, apparently. Well, he missed one game, and then got diagnosed, and then played. 17 and 15 with three blocks for Clint, while DeAndre Hunter, that's an unbelievable line from Hunter. 19 and 6, 29 minutes. I think he's on a restriction. Five threes, one steal, two blocks. But the problem is, is he's likely to be 18, 3, on 42%. That's what he usually does. That's why we don't like him for fantasy. Roster him now while Jalen is out, no problem. Same with the depressed penis who played 42 minutes in a revenge game. He had 21 and 4 with two steals. Unfortunately, just 60 from the line, but that's still a really good overall performance. We also got Seth Lundy playing rotation minutes. Shout out to Seth. DeJounte Murray, again. Remember the steals discussion? Hmm. 20 points, one steal, 62%. Three rebounds only, three assists. Part of the reason he was a top 10 player in San Antonio was big assists, big rebounds, big steals. They've all gone. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually sure they're coming back. He's probably in a bit of a buy low at the moment, but I would not be viewing him as a top 30 player at all. Trey Young, 31, 4 and 15 in 38 minutes with elite free throws, 11 of 12 from the line. We love to see that. Okay, the next game was the Memphis Grizzlies. They got smacked by the Thunder, 116-97. I can read all these lines from the Grizzlies, but I'm just going to tell you it doesn't mean a single thing, basically, because Jar is back tomorrow, and we might have Bismarck Biombo back. I don't know. But let's look at the things that maybe make, I don't know. Like, Xavier Tillman started. Cool. 25 minutes. Oh, good. looking good. Oh, how were you a center and you went 0 of 8 from the field? What's got, This guy was a 60% field goal guy. This season, he's about 4%. He had eight rebounds. He had a steal and a block. Like, just go 5 of 8, which, as a center... Surely you should be able to do. Five of eight would be 10, eight, two, one, and one. Perfectly cromulent. But of course, no, you have another Ofa game, which makes me go, are they going to put Biombo back in? I just don't know what to make of it. We had 28 minutes from Bain, like no minutes because it was a blowout. We had 19, seven, and five from Zaire Williams in 22 minutes. Does he even play a single second when players return? Probably not. Jacob Gilead started the game and also was part of the garbage time lineup. 12, one, and seven. He's not going to matter at all. Who is going to matter? Like Jaron and Bain, but they just were limited here. Aldama played 20 minutes. I don't think you need to roster him. Although, if you do have him, hold him because there's only four games on tomorrow. And Vince Williams struggled. Five points in 23 minutes. Will he continue to start? I don't know. This team's a disaster. 
Jar's not going to fix everything. He's going to make it better. But there's still just so many unanswered questions about how the rotation works every single night. And I still don't know. I wouldn't... If, if I added Tillman, you hold for tomorrow. You hold Eldama for tomorrow. Shit, you might even hold Gilead for tomorrow if you added him. And after that, like, who, like honestly, just who knows? Who knows? It's just so up, up in the air. Chet Holmgren, 25 minutes, 17 and 6, two threes, one steal, seven blocks. This guy is probably going to be a first-round player next year as well. In the off-season, when I was talking about Chet, I said I've never seen someone with better rim-protecting instincts as Chet as a prospect ever. And that includes Wemanyama. His ability to know where to be is insane. And that's what we're seeing here. I still would have Wembenyama over him in Dynasty Leagues fairly comfortably. But Chet is probably a top seven guy. Probably at least top 10 in Dynasty Leagues. He's, he's awesome. Um, much better from Josh Giddy, 24 minutes, 16, 12, and four. That's two good games out of his last three. Probably not rushing to grab, but that's encouraging. Well, the Bronco, hey, two steals for... Oh, it's another steals guy. Two steals for Jalen Williams. 10, 4, and 5, two steals, 33% shooting, but continues to be very, very underwhelming compared to what some of the expectations were surrounding him. Shea Gildas-Alexander is doing the opposite with his steals. He was pretty good at steals last season, and then he's gone up, like 50% increase. Actually, is it more? No, it's 50% increase from last season. 30 and 9, 5 assists and 4 steals. Big, big numbers for him. And Daughter had 11 points in 21 minutes, but it was a blowout, as you can tell. All right, the next game, pretty comfortable victory here for the Nuggets. 130-104 over Dallas. Luka Doncic had 28 points in the first half and ended up with just 38. But 38-11-8 with six threes is obviously great. Unfortunately, six of 10 from the line hurts. Dante Exum was benched, according to the Mavs, and then... They decided they made an error, and they put him back into the starting lineup, and he ended up playing just 23 minutes, 11, 1, and 2, 100% shooting, continues to be worth having for now. Long term, I don't think so. It's hard to get anything out of this game, considering that it was such a uh, significant blowout, like Tim Hardaway did nothing. Dwight Powell started for Lively, 8-8. Eight eight. How important is Lively, by the way? Um, Derek Jones had six points with two steals in 24 minutes. I think Jones and Exum are still worth holding on to. But other than that, it's just a bunch of nothing. Like Grant Williams is very clearly nowhere near a 12-team league player. He's more of a 14 or 16-team league guy. Hardy's not there yet. Hardaway is going to be inconsistent. Probably still is a 12-team guy, but there are going to be fluctuations in his game. That's just what happens. Just a bad game for a team that's missing Irving, Green, and Lively, three like really important players. Seth Curry, who was the player they thought was going to start over Dante Exum, played seven minutes, which is... Like, nothing. So I, I don't know what they were doing. And they got smacked accordingly. Aaron Gordon's had a really disappointing season, but he was good here. 21 in 24 minutes, five rebounds, five assists. The headmaster played 25 minutes, 22, four and two. And Jokic, just the eight points with nine rebounds, seven assists, and two steals. I'm joking, I'm joking. But I don't think he's going to be the number one player this season. And that's always... There was always a risk of that happening. Um... Yeah, a little bit of a poor run from Jokic. He's a buy low, I guess. Would anyone do it? Probably not. So, like, yeah, he's underperforming. Just, just not a great game from him. Caldwell Pope returned, and he should be returned onto your waiver wire. In fact, Jack. Get that garbage out of here. And Michael Ponder Jr., eight points in 23 minutes. He's also slumping a little bit. I would definitely be holding him over a KCP, but they were able to get 24 minutes into Peyton Watson, who continues to impress. Eyes on him. 10 points, two threes, seven rebounds, two steals, one block. And Reggie Jackson dropped 20 off the bench. And even Zeke Nagy played. I was thinking about Zeke Nagy earlier today. I go, man, they signed into that extension and then they're playing DeAndre Jordan over him. But no, we had uh, Zeke in there getting 14 points. Watson is going to require a few things to happen for him to get a sizable enough role to matter for most leagues. But he just 
we, we just we just have to watch it. There is a fantasy, I won't say beast because that's hyperbolic, but a whatever a sub beast is. That sounds like some sort of sexual fetish that you might see on a certain site with an orange logo. I don't know, but he's something. He's something. The Brooklyn Nets fall down to the juggernaut. Utah Jazz, 125-108. Cam Thomas, really good game. 32 points, 37 minutes. Hit five threes, was efficient. The good ones are good. The bad ones are bad. There's really no in-between from Thomas. That's really great. Love it. Dinwiddie, 17, 8, and 11. Two blocks. When you get two blocks from Dinwiddie, something's going weird. While Claxton had 11 and 7 with three blocks in 26 minutes. But I want to talk about a couple of players here. Mikhail Bridges. 13 points, three threes, 35 minutes, 25% from the field. Bridges is now 115th over the last two weeks, and he is down to 50th for the season. I I cop shit from people, and I know that being in a public situation where you put out your opinions on 500 players all the time, you got projections, all that sort of stuff. Shout out to my man Jordan Poole. Happens all the time, but sometimes there are, there are ones where you are, and you never you don't get you don't get credit, and that's okay. But the Bridges one was I thought relatively obvious that you don't pick this guy in the first round or in the early second round. You just don't do it. Like there were so many indicators that didn't make any sense for him to be able to produce what he did last season. Um, he's not that guy at all. And we're seeing it. There's a combination of not being able to continue what he did, Cam Thomas doing way more, and again, Bridges just being, honestly, he's a third option. That's what he should be. And he is really struggling. Couldn't hit his free throws. Got no defensive stats, which all disappeared last year as well. What do you do with him? If you've got him, you can't do anything about it, right? You just have to hope that it gets better. If you're looking to acquire him, do not do that under the expectation that he is a top 20 player because he is not. He just isn't. He's going to be better than this, but he's not that guy that some thought that he was. I don't think anyway. And it makes me feel like I'm anti-Bridges. I love Mikhail Bridges. Just again, sometimes there can be some weird overrating things going on with him. Was Cam Johnson overrated? Maybe. I was relatively high on him in the 70s. He's been nowhere near that. Seven points, 22%. But I am hearing a lot of chatter at the moment about Cam, about, oh, I'm going to drop this guy. I, I would not recommend doing that. This is a bad run from him, for sure. He can't hit shots. He had the multiple hamstring injuries to start the season, which I think has set him back quite a bit. I would be more than willing to hold on. But in saying that, in a points league, I don't, I'm not sure you need to. Get that garbage out of here. It's really important to look at your points league settings and your points league situation, right? Because um, go and have a look at all of the value on your waiver wire. Go and have a look at your back end guys. In a points league, I, I get trades on points league questions all the time. My general answer is why? What is the point? What are you gaining from this? Nothing is usually the answer. Do you, do you like trading? Then do it. Because the gap between guys towards the back end of your roster and the waiver wire might be two fantasy points per game on average, three, four, and that's nothing when there is so much game-to-game variation. So if you see that Cam Thomas, not Cam Thomas, Cam Johnson, is averaging 25.96 Yahoo fantasy points this season. Not a particularly strong thing. And there might be 30 guys on your wire averaging 24 a night. Maybe that's exaggerating. But if there is that many guys that average 24, that two points per game means absolutely nothing. Now, he will be better than 26. Maybe he gets to 30. But if there are 24-point guys on your waiver wire and you can use that roster spot to stream in 
and get five games at 24. I should have just used 25 as the answer. Let's say that Cam reverts back as a 30-point scorer. On average, he plays three and a half games a week. 30 points, three and a half games. That is 105 points in a week. 115, sorry, 115 points in a week. If you get the waiver wire guys 25 and stream them in five times, 125. Like these calculations don't get done often, but they are relatively simple. So the back end of your roster, they need to be significantly outperforming or you have the expectation that they will significantly outperform the guys on the wire. Because just through manipulating your wire, you, you, you can smash through that value easy without any question. And averages always take a, a, a part of it too. But just again, do an exercise, you points there guys. Look at your roster. Look at the back end of your roster. How many guys are, let's say your bottom six guys, what's the difference between the best and the worst in terms of points per average, per points per game average, and how does that compare to the waiver wire? And you'll see, it's not that much difference. I think that's what you'll see anyway. Sorry, off track. The Jazz. Horton Tucker, 27-3 and 6, 5 threes. Really good game. When he has a good game, they are great for fantasy and he should be rostered until the speaker returns. But then he can have a game where he has four points on 11%, 15 turnovers, and just completely screws the team up. That is the problem with Horton Tucker. Great game. Roster him. 32 minutes from Walker Kessel. Let's go. 14 and 14 with five blocks. Pretty strong. We hope he doesn't get dicked too hard, but that's good. The Padawan, Colin Sexton, 27-3 and 6. Didn't shoot well, but got to the line 13 times, which is amazing. He's a must-roster player. Wild Clarkson is out, and then we assess it later on. Simone Fontecchio started over John Collins and played 25 minutes for two points. That's well and good. That's Fontecchio. We don't care too much there. But what we do care about is John Collins. Because he, he had missed a whole week with an illness, so I'm guessing that's part of it. But 11 points in 20 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's a hold for now. But don't expect that to always be the case. Abaji had 13, which is all right. My man Taylor Hendricks barely played, which is annoying. This is why we think it's going to happen probably in February where a bigger chance arrives. I am stashing where I can stash, but it is not a regular rotation stash. It is not a regular roster stash, Taylor Hendricks. It's one where you've got to have the extended benches because it's going to take time to get there. bit frustrating, but whatever. That is, as the Pistons would say, as their catchphrase for this season, it is what it is. All right. Next game, the Kings and the Wizards. Big, big high-scoring game. This one here, 143 Sacramento, 131 Washington. Cole Kuzman was bad yesterday with bad percentages, and he reversed it. 27 and 8, three threes, 50 from the field, 100 from the line on eight attempts. Good. I don't know whether he's improved as a shooter, but I do know that the passing has dropped off, but the production's still pretty good, and he remains a must-roster player. Tyus Jones continues to just have a really dominant stretch here. 16 points, 9 assists, 70% shooting, 28 minutes. Just frustrating that all those earlier games where he was barely playing and they just didn't know what they were doing with their rotation. The same goes with Jordy Poole. Now, this is, again, I was going to say it's a Nick Young line, but maybe it's just a Jordan Poole line. 28 points, 8 threes. We love that. Zero rebounds, zero steals, zero blocks, and two assists, and zero free throw attempts. But he shot 56% from the field. Things are looking like they're starting slowly to turn around. Slowly. It's still not great, but it's slowly turning around. 25 minutes for Gafford. He had 8-5 and five with three blocks, while Bilal played 33 minutes, led the team, which is annoying that he played only 20 minutes last game. Um, 
11 and 4 with a block, some rough percentage numbers. I still think he can be on a 12 teamer. I'm not sure I think the same thing about Denny Avdia. Get that garbage out of here! Like, maybe. 23 minutes, 9 and 5, 38 from the field, 50 from the line. He's like outside the top 150 over the last two weeks. He's now outside the top 120 for the season. In a 10 team league, I think I'm doing a lot better than Denny Avdia. In a 12, it's very much borderline whether we hold him or not. It, it, it's borderline. It is trending back to the old Denny Avdia, which is a guy that you know, sort of sits around, doesn't touch the ball unless guys are out. And that was part of the confusion to start the season is that Avdia was getting all these shots and Jordan Poole wasn't. You go, what's actually going on here? Why is it? Why is Avdia leading the team in shot attempts and Kuzma while Poole's getting six attempts? And now it's reverted back and that's going to kill Denny's value, I think. So if there was like a hot player on the free agency wire that you wanted to grab and Denny's your worst guy, then you do move on. For the Kings, quick check on Keegan Murray. Darren Fox was back and he was awesome still. Great. 25, 5, and 4, 4 threes, 53%. That's awesome because he'd been obviously not good all season. 18 usage for the season, 23 here, plus 20. Shot the ball brilliantly. Him getting 17 shots is huge. Second most on the team ahead of Sabonis. But what it did do is it did hurt Leaky Monk, who played just 22 minutes. He had 10.6 assists on seven field goal attempts. I am still holding Monk, but that's something to watch. Does Murray's increased usage take away from Monk? So bonus had 28, 13, and 12, a big triple-double against a bad opponent, obviously. 69 from the field and 83 from the line, while Fox returned 35 and 6, three steals, one block. Great from the field, shitouts from the line on big volume. Barnsley had 19 points, and he, Jordan, pulled his way. Zero rebounds, zero assists. We are not adding Harrison Barnes outside of streaming. And the same with Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter. 11 points with four rebounds for Herter. Get that garbage out of here! Keon Ellis went back to the bench with Fox returning. He had three points in his 15 minutes, but a very comfortable overall victory there for the Sacramento Kings. All right, and the final game of the night. The Knicks win it over the Lakers with, um, I guess, a little bit of... Um, uh, concern towards the end of the game, but it's fine. They uh, they got there and big game um, from Isaiah Hartenstein because Jericho Sims got injured basically at the start of the game. He played three minutes. Hartenstein ended with 39 minutes. They still, because this is Tom Thibodeau, refused to do anything apart from player center. So we had three minutes of Jericho Sims. We had six minutes of Taj Gibson, who uh, unfortunately we love Taj, but... He's done. Like, there's just no way. He played six minutes and Hartenstein played 39. Um, nine points, 17 rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks. Obviously, Hartenstein is a must-roster player. I would imagine that Sims misses a little bit of time here. Maybe they have to go to more Julius Randle but, at center, but like, yeah. They just, there's just a bunch of guys because the back end of their roster is one of the worst in the NBA. They just don't trust anybody. So I wouldn't be shocked if you get 40 minutes of Hartenstein and like six minutes of Taj every game moving forward. The double royal, Julius Randle, 43 minutes. He had 27 and 13. Good shooting overall, apart from the threes, but good numbers. And then Brunson had 29, 4 and 3. There is probably going to be someone benefit at some point if they do go Randle at center, but they just also might not. Quickly was the guy who stepped up here, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be the case. We know what it is. It's a raffle every time. 29 minutes for quickly, 20 points, three threes, great. But that was because Grimes played 11 minutes and Hart played 22 and DiVincenzo played 19. What if DiVincenzo plays 25? What if Knight, uh, Knight, What if Grimes plays 20? What if Hart plays 27? There's no way of relying upon any of this stuff. Even Rowan Barrett had just 12 points in 30 minutes on 30% shooting. 
Barrett's free throws have stuck pretty okay. I don't think he's must roster in 12, Cat, but in points, sure. I just don't feel confident with Quickly or DiVincenzo or Hart. Grimes, obviously, is just a deeper league guy. Or Barrett. Those five names are just going to eat each other's production every game. And I think most of the time, you're never going to guess who it's going to be. That's just never going to happen. So do you just hold them all? Like the guy that I hold would be Quickly, maybe Hart, but I don't feel particularly strongly about it. Not at all. For the Lakers, everyone returned and we got another sub-30 minute D'Angelo Russell game. I want to do this just because it's fun, but in a shallow league, I think we do this. Get that garbage out of here. Um, I wouldn't drop D'Angelo in a 12-team league at this point, but that is like, I think, four out of his last five games that he's under 30 minutes, and the only game where it wasn't was when um, players were out. They just bench him down the stretch, and they run with Austin Reeves because they know that Austin Reeves is their third best player. Nine points for Russell, three rebounds, four assists. Hold for now, but it's getting to the bad stage. Reeves, he had 20 points with seven assists after a really slow start. He's fine. Like he's a top 80 now, rest of the season. Well, he's top 80 for the season, and he's going to get better than that. And Cam Reddish played 27 minutes, four points, two steals. He is a steals streamer, and that is it. Hachimura only played 17 minutes, while Torian Prince had nine points with three threes. You don't need Torian Prince in a 12 team league. You definitely don't need Rui Hachimura, and you don't need Jared Vanderbilt Bar, who was scoreless in 14 minutes. And I know there are some, and bloody people still roster Christian Wood. So there's Wood, there's Reddish, there's Hachimura, there's Prince. None of those guys are 12-team league players for the Lakers. And it's going to get even more interesting when Gabe Vincent returns about D'Angelo Russell. So again, if I'm in an eight-team league, I definitely don't roster D'Lo. If I'm in a 10-teamer, it's borderline, but I think it's going to move pretty quickly out of there. And in 12s, I, we're getting, we are getting closer. We're getting closer. We're not there, but we are getting closer to him, D'Angelo Russell, being a drop. I didn't even talk about LeBron, who had 39 minutes, 25, 10, 11, or AD, who had 32, 14 with two blocks. Big games from both of those guys in a disappointing, though, home loss. So that's the 11 games done. We've been going on for a long time. I do apologize. Yesterday on the recap show, I didn't put my little checklist at the end of the show. I prepared it and I just forgot to do it. I guess that's what happens with new segments. Hopefully we don't run into that problem today. But what we do want to do is recap the streams of the day. Our 10-team stream of the day was Big Dick Nick Richards. That was all right. 10 and 10 with three rebounds or three assists. That's okay. The 12-team stream of the day, Hartenstein, worked out brilliantly. 9-17, two steals, two blocks. The 14-team stream did not work out well. 6-1-1 for Derek Jones. The 16-team stream, not particularly strong with Vince Williams and that whole Memphis nonsense, 5-5 five and five for him. And the point streamers were Big Dick Nick, 26.5 Yahoo points and 29 ESPN points. And both of those, they do look pretty good to me. Um, that will bring us, what are we going to do now? Oh, let's go and do the lines of the night. Let's start where we need to start. The Monstrous. Two guys really in contention here. Maybe you could say three. They're in contention for the Monstrous line of the night. If you are watching this live, do you want to guess who it is? It's Jimmy Harden. 35 points, three rebounds, nine assists, eight triples. He was ridiculously good. Cade was up there. Fred Van Vliet was up there as well. Um, but some good game or a very good game there from Jim Harden. Your waiver wire line of the night, the best performer who is rostered in 50% of leagues or lower. Um, we go to Indiana because Benedict Matherin was great. 34 points, six rebounds, shot 60% from the field. I, I remain unconvinced that he's a 12-team league player, but that's hard to ignore. I just, I just don't think it's going to be there. The young gun of the night, the best performer for a first or second year player. There are a lot of people who are telling me they prefer this guy over Victor Wem- Wembanyama in Dynasty Leagues. I disagree. And it's Chet Holmgren. 17 points, 
Six rebounds, seven blocks. I think he's awesome. He's a top 10 dynasty guy. But if you use minus one rankings for this season, he's behind Victor already, and he's one year older. So I, I just would very easily have Victor Wembanyama ahead of Chet, even though Chet's been great. He's on a good team, and I love what he does. He's been awesome. Um, another great performance from him. It didn't mean for that to sound like I was shitting on Chet, because I'm not. Uh, the dud of the night. Hmm, where do we go here? Well, I'll tell you where we go. We go to a guy that was drafted way too high and plays in Brooklyn, and it's Mikhail Bridges. 13 points looks okay, yeah? But 25 from the field on volume and 40% from the line on volume kills it. No defensive stats. He was just bad. Like, he was stinking. He's better than this. He's better than this. But that is a dud of the night nomination for the big fella, Mikhail Bridges. The top six players... Let's go through those, the top six players for category leagues today. Number one was Jim Harden, followed by Cade Cunningham, whose 43 points were a career high. Your next one was the old big fella, Fred Van Vliet, DeMontis Sabonis, Scotland Barnes, and Joel Embiid. Your top six players rostered under 50% of leagues, Benedict Matherin, Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah, we're adding him. Aaron Neesmith, I didn't even talk about him in the Pacers game. He was fine. Nothing too exciting. Gary Trent, big double-double out of nowhere. Just watch that, but don't get too excited. Sam Merrill, that's a deeper league stream. And Zaire Williams, I'm just ignoring everything from Memphis. Ignoring it. The top six players in points leagues. Number one was Van Vliet, followed by Cunningham, Embiid, Anthony Edwards, DeMontis Sabonis, and Luka Doncic comes in at number six. And now to finish it off, let's have a look at the checklist. We're adding Tari Eason wherever we can find him. We're adding Taylor Horton Tucker. Even if it's just until George comes back, we're adding him and rolling with it. Same with his teammate, Colin Sexton. And we're adding Nick Richards where he's available. I don't know when Mark comes back, but Nick's the guy. In terms of drops, I think we move on from Asar Thompson. It's just, it's too much of a hassle at the moment. And obviously, just in case you're still watching and still having Russell Westbrook. Like, we are not holding on to Russell Westbrook. In fact, Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here. Yeah, he's done. He's out. Nat. Means that I'm done and I'm out. That's the end of the show. It was a long one. I really apologize for going so long. So that's what she said. Well, that's actually the opposite of what she said. But anyway, <laughs> we are here and we are done. Um, hit subscribe if you are on YouTube. Be a double banger. Hit the subscribe. Hit the thumbs up. Listen on audio. Watch on video. It's all good if you can do that, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. <laughs>